This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome to Daily Drive. For Friday, July 7th, 2023, I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News in Iowa City, Iowa. And I'm Callan Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, Tesla escalates the EV price war and adds Mercedes to its charger network. Amazon deploys 5,000 Rivian vans and Porsche's North America chief departs. Plus, Pied Piper CEO Fran O'Hagan joins the show to talk about enhancing retail customer loyalty with frictionless service call processes. That means the customer is aware that you value them as a customer and that you value their time, and that carries over to how you treat them. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Tesla is rolling out offers of cash and other perks for buyers who get referred by existing customers. According to the EV company's regional websites today, the cash rebates are available in markets including the United States, China, Canada, and Germany. The incentive, called Refer and Earn, includes about $500 in cash back to U.S. consumers who purchase a Model 3 or Model Y. It also includes three months of Tesla's so-called full self-driving feature, which is actually a driver assist system. In China, Tesla says it will also offer new buyers of its top-selling electric vehicles a cash bonus worth about $500 if they have a referral from an existing owner. It's a move that deepens a price war in the world's largest market for EVs. Tesla's charging network continues to gain momentum. Mercedes-Benz said today that its drivers will get access to more than 12,000 Tesla superchargers in North America starting in 2024. The company will integrate the North American charging standard to its electric vehicles starting in 2025. It also plans to simultaneously expand its own charging network with more than 2,500 high-powered chargers in North America. Mercedes joins automakers including Ford, General Motors, Rivian, Volvo, and Polestar in signing up to access Tesla's charging infrastructure across the U.S. Tesla is not the only EV maker putting up wins this week. More than 5,000 Rivian vans are now on the streets, delivering Amazon packages in the U.S. It's part of the retail giant's pledge to put 100,000 of the vehicles on the road globally by 2030. The milestone adds to positive news this week for Rivian, which beat second quarter delivery forecasts for its consumer vehicles. Rivian CEO RJ Scaringe told Bloomberg Television this week, that about 20% of the electric vehicle maker's production would be for commercial vans this year. He also said Rivian is ready to take additional buyers for its vans beyond Amazon. Amazon currently has exclusivity with Rivian, but Scaringe said the automaker is negotiating to allow sales to other buyers. And Porsche Cars North America CEO Shell Gruner has left the company effective immediately. The former Porsche AG chief marketing officer and global vice president of marketing, took over the top job less than three years ago. One anonymous source said, quote, The news came out of left field. Porsche Cars North America COO Joe Lawrence and CFO Tahiri Kartachian will lead the U.S. business in the interim. In a statement, Porsche noted Gruner was leaving the company, quote, at his own request. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, I got to call you out here, buddy. 
I remember you last week saying you doubt the big European automakers would join Tesla's charging network. With Mercedes now joining, do you think we'll start seeing the Asian brands jump on board? Yeah, you got me, Kel. Uh, I did not expect Mercedes-Benz to do this, and and here they are. So next, like, will BMW follow? The other big one that really hangs out there, sort of European, sort of American, is Stellantis. So we'll see what they do if they try to adapt their plug-in hybrids to the Tesla system or employ it for their future EVs that they launch. The Asian automakers are interesting. You know, they have a lot invested in the existing infrastructure. At least, you know, Hyundai certainly does. Uh, so we'll see if they would follow. Honda seems very likely to come out with Tesla's uh, North American system, if only because their first EVs are going to be done in conjunction with General Motors, which has already signed onto the program. Interesting. Coming up, Pied Piper CEO Fran O'Hagan joins the show to talk about the company's recent study measuring how well top dealership groups handle customer service calls. That's next on Daily Drive. Your service check-in process sets the tone for your customer's entire visit. Do your customers wait longer than five minutes to check in for service? Are your advisors presenting upsells to every customer every time? How often is the opportunity for a trade appraisal missed? When your service drive gets busy, these inefficiencies directly impact revenue. Give your customers the option to handle the entire check-in process themselves, from appointment scheduling through final confirmation in under two minutes. Customers have the experience they want while selling themselves, which means your advisors are freed up to focus on profit-producing activities. It's a win-win for CSI and your revenue. Introducing a smarter service lean, GoMoto is the self-service kiosk designed to grow your business. If you're ready to start increasing revenue, improving the customer experience, and maximizing service efficiency today, visit GoMoto.com. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Pied Piper helps companies evaluate how effectively they handle service appointment calls, but until now, it could only offer them educated guesses on what things employees should focus on when they answer those calls. Company owner Fran O'Hagan said this year they were able to apply some data science to the service experience and measure whether dealerships were following specific processes to enhance customer loyalty. O'Hagan spoke with Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Schein about which dealership groups scored well in their survey and what those who didn't need to do to improve. Fran, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, my pleasure. So I know Pipe Piper, your company, has worked with uh, dealerships in the auto industry for years, doing a lot of the things that you do in this recent study. But for this one, it was kind of unique and something new for you is that you kind of applied some data science to kind of the mystery shopping, the telephone shopping that you did. Why did you kind of, what was the kind of the genesis of, you know, that light bulb moment you said, wait a minute, we can kind of apply some science and really kind of show dealerships where they're failing and where they're succeeding. Sure. So if you think about it, the auto industry has very carefully focused on service customer satisfaction for decades. And there's no mystery why it's tied directly to customer loyalty and customer repeat purchase. And some dealerships record those conversations, but really, if you think about it, who has time to listen to all of those recordings? And even if you do, it's qualitative. It's just a snapshot. 
Um, it's, it's hardly rigorous science. So really there's been this blind spot of what has happened when customers try to call a dealership to schedule service. You know, you can ask customers who come into your shop, hey, how did we do? But if they never come into your shop, you can't ask them, how did we do? So that, there's the blind spot. And Pied Piper has provided service telephone effectiveness measurement and reporting for more than 10 years. But we've never applied it to an industry study where we measure dealerships across the industry to say, hey, this is how the industry is doing or this is how different companies compare. That's what we've done in 2023. And if you think about it, why is this so critical? It's critical because these service customers vote with their feet. If it's a bad experience, if they can't schedule service, they're going to find another dealer or they'll find an independent shop or they'll just postpone service altogether. Like you said, they've, you know, people vote with their feet and dealerships really don't know of all the customers that they're potentially losing out on because they never show up to the dealership. Tell me a little bit about kind of the nuts and bolts of this over kind of what month period this was, who you kind of targeted. Sure. So our process, which we call prospect satisfaction index, you know, it ties specific behaviors to success. And in the case of service, it ties it to customer loyalty. What are the specific interactions on a telephone that result in more service customers being loyal? So We've had 10 years to fine tune that, and we used that starting in January of this year through May of this year to measure the top 17 largest dealer groups. Uh, we did a little bit over 1,700 total locations that we measured. What kind of results did you see? I'm, I'm kind of guessing that there were some good and there were some bad. So, you know, to the layman, you might assume these are very capable companies, the 17 largest dealer groups, very capable companies, you might assume, hey, they probably handle their service telephone interaction identically. There will be no difference, but you'd be wrong. There were big differences from one company to the other. And also within a dealer group, you know, they have many different locations and sometimes those locations behave differently. So I would say one of the big uh, Eureka's was, yes, there are big differences in how service customers are handled at all of these different dealerships. And they were judged on a number of factors, I guess you would say, 39 at all? Correct. Uh, kind of behavior. Name a few, like what, like uh, for instance? Sure. So it really falls into two new different categories. The first is efficiency. And there's this great word, frictionless which describes this, how, how can it be easy to schedule your service appointment? That's the frictionless part. That's the efficiency part. And quite frankly, that's most important. Uh, Two-thirds of our measurements have to do with that. One-third of our measurements have to do with quality. And that's where a dealership is proactively helpful. That's where someone on the other end of the line says, hey, uh, do you need alternative transportation? Or, hey, you're a brand new customer. You've never been to this dealership before. Hey, this is what to expect. When you pull your car in, someone's going to come and greet you or you need to walk inside or whatever it is. So they were scored on zero to 100. Correct. And 13%, I think I saw, scored higher than 80, which means they're doing a pretty good job. But 20% scored less than 40, which is pretty bad. Is that tied to... We not hold too long, those type of things? Sure. So 
here's a stat for you to think of. One out of nine of the customers who call these 17 largest dealer groups, one out of nine of those customers, they hang up the phone having completely failed. They didn't get an appointment, either because they never spoke to somebody. You know, we found it common to be put on hold indefinitely or to get lost in a phone tree or a receptionist will transfer you to service and it just rings, all kinds of those sorts of things. Or alternatively, they spoke with somebody and there just weren't any appointments available. So that's 11%, one out of nine of the customers calling these dealerships. But you alluded to the ones who scored over 80, 13%, they really did everything correctly. So not only was it frictionless, simple and easy, but they were proactively helpful to the customer as well. As I would think, but it's not necessarily a, a, a bad demerit if you put, a, you put someone on hold. Correct. But it's just about how long you're on hold, right? That's exactly right. So as long as it's, what we learned is as long as it's less than two minutes, it really doesn't impact the all important customer loyalty. But if you start putting people on hold for more than two minutes, that doesn't work. And I saw, like, you could get a 73, which is a, which is a good score, by simply getting a customer to speak to a service advisor within a minute and that they get an appointment scheduled within a week. Precisely. It doesn't seem, doesn't seem that hard, but... No. So what you just described, 41% of the customers calling achieved at least that. So they spoke with somebody quickly and got an appointment within a week, 41% of the time. So I would imagine that you've seen from the, the, the groups that scored high that they're you know, kind of these best practices. What are some things that dealerships should be thinking about to improve their service telephone effectiveness? So part of it is a mindset. Part of it, what, what, one of the observations from having done this for a while and from the study is the most successful dealerships for service, the ones who really grow their business, they think of their customers as humans, not vehicles. In other words, it's not a 2021 GMC pickup that's coming in at nine o'clock. It's Fran O'Hagan coming in at nine o'clock. Oh yeah, he owns this vehicle. So we definitely see a difference in mindset. So that means the customer is aware that you value them as a customer and that you value their time and that carries over to how you treat them. You know, some of the best practices, I'll give, I'll give you an example. If you're running a dealership, your first question out of the service advisor's mouth should not be, what's your VIN? Sure, I'll send an appointment for you, but what's your VIN? Let's do that first. Customer doesn't know what their VIN is. You can wait until they come into the dealership. You're not valuing their time if you're expecting them to trot out to the street to look at their VIN and then come back in and call you back. It's, I mean, we've used this term a lot, like kind of the Amazonian, Amazonian of customer's behavior. They, they expect, you know, kind of a one click, you know, buy something and they've become a little bit spoiled. And I think dealerships obviously need to up their game in order to kind of meet that expectation. Perfectly said. And actually that reminds me, there are plenty of dealerships out there today who provide at least some of their service scheduling online. It's pretty uncommon for it all to be online, but you figure if it's an oil change and a tire rotation, that's fine. But on the other hand, if I have a cloak in the upper, in the front right side of my suspension, now that's something I want to talk with someone about. Yeah, yeah. 
really interesting stuff. We're looking forward. We're going to publish it, the study, the study and the story about it. And I also talked to uh, the group one, which had the highest score and talked to those folks about what they do right. And so we're looking forward to publishing that. Um, so great insights. Fran, appreciate the conversation. Thanks so much. Hey, my pleasure. Bye-bye. Fran O'Hagan is CEO of Pied Piper. He spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Lawrence Iliff and Urbash Kakaria for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on dealership finance and insurance, EV price wars, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back on Monday for a look at how retailers are using ChatGPT to change the way they do business. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.